Welcome to Second Chance Church with Pastor Derek Aldridge. Good morning, everyone. We just want to welcome you to Second Chance Church this morning. We thank God for those of you that are in the congregation this morning. God is good and he is worthy to be praised. We're going to start our service off this morning with a scripture and a prayer by the Mobleys who are here almost every Sunday supporting us. And then we're going to move on into our service. I'll come back with a couple of announcements and we'll move on from there. Amen. Thank you, we thank you, and we love you, and we love you, Lord. 
give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Let's begin to worship the Lord. Amen. We thank God for Jesus today. Um, a couple of announcements. We are, I thank God for those of you that are coming in on our live stream today, and we just ask that you share, and we thank God for all of the love that you show us each and every Sunday. I thank God for my family that's out here in the congregation today, and we just want you to know we, we love you and we, we're honored that you would be a part of our worship service. I just simply want to say on Tuesday at, at 10 o'clock we'll be having another food giveaway and a coat giveaway at Russ Reynolds Field on Beecher Road. I want to thank all of those that help us to make that happen. The Nation of Islam, the the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints, the Eastern Food Bank, and just all of the other volunteers that come and help pass our food. God has been blessing us with some fairly decent weather, and uh, we're excited about it. Um, just want you to know we're really excited about what you do, and I thank God for Second Chance Church. Now, I need everybody, especially, I need everybody praying for the Royster family. We lost our Deacon Larry Royster last last night on yesterday and uh, I want you to pray for Sister Linda and uh, Mr. Herb and Lawrence and Jamal uh, and the whole Royster and the Winfrey family. We don't know when the service is going to be but we'll get back with you and we will let you know about the services up and coming. Continue to pray for them. Pray for Jessica Armstrong. Pray for the others that are going through things today. Um, it's a tough times, but God is good. And like Sister Mobley said, he's worthy to be praised. So we're going to bring Sister Aldridge up to let her bless us with a song. And we're going to come back and move right on into our service. Amen.
strength, our hope, and our peace. And we thank God for thank God for Sister Lana today. Amen. Come on, we're going straight to Psalms 20, Psalm, the 27th Psalms again. I'm still wrestling with this. The 27th Psalms. In verse 6. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. David says, then my head will be exalted above my enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. We ask that your word go forth with power and clarity. That some soul might be saved, some soul might be delivered, and someone might be set free. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to talk today about uh, when you know better, you ought to do better. When you know better, you ought to do better. There, there's nothing more powerful than knowledge, and there's nothing more pitiful than the lack of knowledge. Because when you come into the knowledge of God, it moves you from being religious into an authentic relationship with God. He becomes your anchor because you're informed about who he is. As a matter of fact, we'll discover that when Jesus enlisted the disciples, he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And, and Jesus says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you on a training mission to depart wisdom in your life. Paul declares in Philippians 3 and 10 that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. He's talking about the power of knowing God. When we talk about the Great Commission in Matthew 18, we're dealing with the idea that when a person is baptized, that person must be taught the principles that Jesus lived by. It's, it's all about coming into a real, authentic relationship with God. It's interesting because when your relationship is shallow, it will often be exposed. Because you can find people that may be in church every week, that may be live streaming every week, they may be clinging to the tenets of religion, but when storms come up in their lives, they crumble, they lose their mind because they really don't know the Lord for themselves. I believe if the truth were told that many of us would testify that we acted out in certain ways at times because we didn't know any better. Many of us today, when we're going through things, we throw up our hands, we quit, we throw stuff around, we cuss and argue and won't speak to others because we're acting out of character. And I want you to remember that character is your behavior on display. Is how That means it's how you act in front of people. So when you have a relationship with God in your life, that when you know better, you ought to act better. I've come to encourage somebody today and chime in with David as he reflects upon his revelation and knowledge of the Lord. And David puts into context 
how he responds to his current situation. David opens up this 27th Psalm in a powerful way. We've been over the last two Sundays and we're still here. We all know it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David says, I want to understand. I want you to understand what this relationship looks like. What I've come to know about God is God is my revelation. The Lord is my light. He's my illumination. In other words, out of darkness, he becomes revelation to me. I know things that I would have never known. And because of my revelation comes my salvation. I recognize that it was not me that got me out of some jacked up situations, but it was God who liberated me, who rescued me, who set me free, who saved me. So because I've been liberated, because I've been saved, he declares that even when my enemies come against me, God has been my vindication. Verse two says, when the wicked, even my frenemies, you remember we used that word frenemies, come upon me to eat up my flesh. They stumble and fail. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. Have you ever had enemies that you never had to lift your hand? You never had to retaliate because vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You just stand and watch the Lord fight your battle. The Lord has been your vindication. David says, I saw my enemy stumble and fall, and it created a sense of meditation for me. So I began to inquire of the Lord. I became intimately involved in my worship to God. Even while war was all around me, even while confusion was all around me, I became confident in the Lord. In other words, I'm wrapped up tied up and tangled up in him. Then David says in verse four, one thing I have I desire of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Then, then I recognize that God has been my preservation. God has kept me while I'm going through stuff that should have made me lose my mind. There are people that are listening right now and they realize it's the only reason that you're here today is because the Lord has kept you. Based on some of the things you've been through, you should have been insane in the membrane. So you ought to go on and thank the Lord that he kept you this morning. Is there anybody that's listening out there that's grateful that the Lord has kept you? He kept me. When I was doing wrong, he kept me. When I didn't know no better, he kept me. Lord kept me. Then David goes on to say that the Lord is my stabilization. Because in verse 5, he says, For in a time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. That sounds like stabilization to me. When everything around me is shaking, I'm stable because God is able. I'm, I'm standing on a rock. So here's the revelation. Now that I know what I know about God, he says in verse six that my, my head will be exalted above the enemies that surround me. What you need to understand that in this season, your witness is at stake. Whatever you're dealing with is either going to give you the opportunity to make God look good 
or make God look bad. In this season, you can't act like everybody else acts. You can't walk around depressed, scared, tore up from the floor up. See, because when you know better, you ought to act better. I come to declare today that no longer should you dilute the word of God. Don't walk away from your convictions. Don't give the devil any kind of authority over your life. I repeat it again. When you know better, you ought to act better. David says, let me show you how people act and know better. That every day I wake up, I wake up with the intention of looking like what I'm believing God for. David says that even though I'm surrounded by frenemies, even though I'm surrounded by COVID, even though I'm in a season of the unknown, I will keep my head lifted up because you have a choice. You can walk around with your head down or you can walk around with your head up. When you walk around with your head up, let me tell you what you're doing. What you're doing is you're protesting in the name of Jesus. You're protesting any negative reports you're hearing. You're protesting being broke. You're protesting being depressed. You're protesting being unproductive. You're protesting against sickness and death. In other words, there is some consistency in what I know and how I look. I know that I'm going to have trouble. I can't get around trouble. Trouble, Job says that man born of a woman is a few days and they're full of trouble. As long as you are progressive and doing what God wants you to do, you won't find trouble. Trouble is an equal opportunity employer. Uh, Jesus reminds us that you shall be hated of men for my sake, but that those that endure to the end shall be saved. Peter says, think it not strange of the fiery trials that have come to try you. I just want you to know, trouble's going to come. And then there's something else you need to understand. There are some people that just don't like you. I don't care what you say, you've never done nothing to them. You don't know them and they don't know you, but you're going to have some haters and you just have to wrap your mind around that. You can send them cupcakes on their job. You can say, let's meet and work through this. You can dance a jig and shuffle your feet. You can brown those and kiss up to them all you want. There are people that have been put on assignment on this planet just to not like you. But don't lose sleep over your haters. You have to learn how to rise above them. David here, he gets to a point where he says that even though my enemies are always going to be around me, I got to keep my head up. I want you to know in this season that no matter what's going on, you got to keep your head up. That sounds like somebody that has developed the capacity to rise above every negative situation. He realizes that God may not change the situation, but God will change me in the situation. When you lift your head up, it's to counter every attack of the enemy. See, the devil is really after your character. The devil's trying to get you to act a fool. The devil wants you to go on and socialize during the Christmas holidays. He wants you to party and do what you normally do. He, he, want, he wants you to not wear your mask. The devil wants you to really act a fool right now during, during this season. That's what he wants you to do. And remember, I just told you, character is your behavior on display. You know the time that you were throwing them pots and pans. That was not you. You were acting out of character. You, you remember the time you flattened his tires? 
you, you, you were acting out of character. You know the time you threw that bird to somebody that pulled out in front of you? You, you? you were acting out of character. You know when you pushed sin on that test message or on that Facebook page and you were cussing somebody out? You, you were acting out of character. When you were babbling at somebody's door at 2.30 in the morning talking about, I know you in there. You were acting. I feel like preaching this morning. Out of character. All of us know what it feels like to act out of character. But you need to say, devil, you will not have my character. I know who I am in Jesus. That means no matter what Satan throws at me, I will rise above it. See, what the devil should have done is he should have caught you before you got saved. He should have caught you before you got blood washed and redeemed. Your enemies ought to be happy. They ought to be real happy right now that you're saved. Your new character won't let you do what your old self would have done. That's why your enemies ought to be happy that you're redeemed now. Because there is somebody listening right now that knows that if your old self would rise up, you would hurt somebody by now. You would have cut somebody by now. You would have cussed somebody out by now. But you ought to thank God that your character won't let you act like that anymore. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't cuss as much as I used to anymore. He's changing my character. Yes, yes. He's fixing me. He's yes. holding my tongue. Even though I may think it sometimes, I just don't say it as much no more. So I, I thank God for that. See, the devil's after your character, but he's also after your confidence. Because the devil tries to define who you are. He tries to put you in categories and say, you the broke one. You're, you're this or you're that. But I'm not defined by what people think or say about me. I, I, I'm defined about what God says about me. I, 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 I'm confident. And I know who I am in God. My head is lifted up because I, I know who I am. There are some people that have a problem with your confidence. Because they confuse it with cockiness. But you're not cocky, you're just confident. David says, I'm confident. You're confident that you're the head and not the tail. You're confident that you're above and not beneath. You're confident that you're a royal priesthood and a chosen generation. Somebody live streaming shout, I'm confident today. But the devil is also trying to attack your contribution because there's something that you're supposed to do to benefit the kingdom of God. See if you lose your heart. You're going to be on the side of the road hanging up your heart with your lips stuck out talking about I'm turning in my resignation. But the devil is a liar. You got to pull yourself together in this season and say, I'm dusting off my uniform and I'm getting back in the game because I got to do what God has called me to do. I come to speak into somebody's life today to tell you that you're not the only one that has trouble, but the word for today is rise above it. Somebody say rise above it. I know you, they might not like you, but rise above it. I know they might talk about you, but rise above it. I know they're trying to pull you back in the game, but you have to rise above it. You see, there, there, there's something that's powerful inside of you that God says, I'll put you in a heated environment so that everything will rise up over all of the foolishness that's happening around you. 
There was a mother in our church named Mother Caps in our church when I was growing up, and she was always baking. She was always cooking. And back in those days, the church mothers always, I'm hinting at somebody now, church mothers always made something for the pastors and their wives. I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there this morning. <laughs> so, so Mother Caps, she lived by herself. So a lot of times I would have to go by and pick up what she had made for my moms and my dad. And we would sit and talk while she was cooking. She loved to cook chestnut pies and bake cakes. And she didn't have to wait on up to a holiday to come to start baking. Baking was her thing. Well, what I learned from her is that the way she baked her cakes is that she would put yeast in it. She didn't bake instant cakes like a lot of you folks bake today. Uh, she, she took her time. And what she taught me is that the cake would never rise if the oven wasn't hot, hot, heated properly. And when the oven is heated, you can't open the door and let the heat out because it'll ruin the cake. But if you leave the cake inside in the heated environment, what's inside the cake will make the cake rise. Well, God told me to tell you the reason that he does not get you out of some of the things that you've got yourself into is because he says, if I leave you in there long enough, you'll rise up and be the person I call you to be. Somebody ought to give God some praise right here. That's why you ought to thank God for some of the stuff he leaves you in. Some of you sitting in here right now, some of you streaming right now, would not be in church if you've not been in some heated situations in your life. Somebody say, rise above it. So, so I just want to encourage you this morning to keep your head up. I know that it may be rough, but keep your head up. I know they might not like you, but keep your head up. I know we got enemies all around us, but keep your head up. Because of what you know, your head will always be lifted. David says, one thing you need to understand is that I choose to express gratitude to God in the tabernacle. Verse 6 says, then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. David says, I will sing and make music to the Lord. You know, David was a musician. He was a singer. He was a dancer. David loved to dance in front of the Lord. So listen, I'm in the tabernacle. I like this. Because right now, wherever you are, we gather together to express our love for God. The thing about the tabernacle, the thing about the temple, the thing about the church, whatever institution that we gather in, however we have to gather in this season, we all got issues. All of us got issues. Some of us are worshiping God for what he's done for us through Jesus Christ. And some of us come with heaviness and with heartbreaks, trying to work through our issues. You know, it's kind of strange that some people want the church and all of us that are bodies of the, the body of believers, we're the church. But people want us as believers to not have any issues. They think because we've given our life to Christ that we don't have any issues. They don't want, they, they, they have issues, there are people that have issues, but they don't want the church to have issues. But we as the church, we as the body of believers should always welcome those with issues. 
People that are broken ought to be able to fellowship with us. Jesus hung out with sinners. I grew up in a church and I found out the church is the only institution in the world that people leave permanently. I hope somebody's listening today. And, and the reason some people leave is because they feel like the church has too many issues. Think about it. You don't go to the hospital. You don't go to the hospital saying there's just too many sick people. I'm never going back there. You don't go to the dental office saying there are too many people with teeth problems. I'm, I'm never going back to get my teeth fixed again. You don't, you don't go to the bank and say there are too many people getting money out. I'm not going back there. You don't go to the casino and say I want too much money. I'm not going back there. No, what you need to recognize is that we've all been redeemed, but we all have issues. The reason why we worship God with all of our issues is that we actually believe without a doubt that God is a deliverer and a healer and something good is going to happen about our issues. That's why we come to church. That's why we gather together as a group. That's why I'm so glad you're here today. So here's the deal. There are a couple of kind of ways that God brings us together. God says there are people bringing issues in. But then there are people that are here that have been delivered from their issues. We all come together. The people who come with their issues and the people that have been delivered from their issues, we're all here together, live streaming or in church at the same time. So the people that have been delivered from the issues, and you might be live streaming, you might be watching on YouTube, you might be sitting in the congregation, but if you're worshiping right now, I want you to know that you have the power to shift the atmosphere. You have the power to shift the atmosphere for the people around you or for, and for the people that are listening that have issues. Because those that are going through right now are trying to figure out how to get rid of their issues. But the one that has come out is the one that showed up to encourage you. They want you to know that there's no way that you can be in the same worship experience and there not be a shift in your life. See, people have come on today and even though they're sharing and making comments and sending hearts and showing love, a lot of them are struggling in this season with faith and their hope. But because they can see you praise the Lord, talking online, giving God glory and praise, they see hope in their life. And so there begins to be a shift in the atmosphere. See, no matter how depressed you are, no matter how bad the storm is that you're going through, no matter how depressive life seems right now, no matter how negative your situation might be, there ought to be somebody streaming right now. There ought to be somebody sitting in this congregation right now who has experienced the power of God and has the capacity to change the atmosphere. And you ought to be that person that says, you know what, if everybody else listening feels hopeless, I'm the one that's in charge of my pew. I'm the one that is in charge of my section. I'm the one in charge of this live stream today. And because I'm on here praying and worshiping, because of the anointing on my life, because of the power of God on my life, I'm one of the ones that's going to shift the atmosphere this morning. I hope I got some folks out there that's willing to shift the atmosphere, that's willing to raise up and feel the power of the anointing in your life and give God praise no matter where you are, no matter what's going in your life? Has he been good to you? Has he done anything for you? Has he made a way out of no way for you? Then you ought to shift the atmosphere today. 
You need to shift it. You need to shift it in your spirit. And think about how good he's been to you. Think about what he's done for you. Based upon what God has done in my life, I declare I'm shifting the atmosphere. When you get on your job Monday, on your campus, in your church, you know, people look at you and they try to make judgment calls on you. They say that you're over the top. Don't make no sense why you act like you act. See, but you don't act like that because of them. You act like this all the time because you have the capacity to shift the atmosphere. See, some people don't understand the importance of shifting the atmosphere in this season because some people allow their circumstances or their human conditions or how they were raised in church to cause them to be very conservative and stoic and contemplative. And they're like, no, you go ahead and shout. You let me work through my problems. Because you don't feel nothing can shift your atmosphere. But you take the most conservative, stoic person that's listening today, and you let them go by the gas station. And they just happen to end up with the Powerball ticket. And you let them happen to end up with the winning ticket. Now that stoic reserve conservative person if he hits the powerball or she hits the powerball is going to be running around like the energizer bunny and people are going to wonder what happened to them but if they knew what you knew they would understand why you're acting like you're acting if the powerball can make you act outside of yourself well even if you didn't hit the powerball and god has allowed you to be here during this season that we celebrate jesus christ you can't afford to sit wherever you are like the frozen chosen you ought to give god some praise wherever you are if God's been good to you, you ought to praise him on, at home, sitting on your toilet seat, in your kitchen cooking, drinking a beer, whatever you might be doing this morning. You still ought to give God some praise. David, 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 David says, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy in the sanctuary. I will sing and make music to the Lord. This is a tenacious praise. This praise that says, I've got a yes in my spirit. That no matter what my situation looks like, no matter who told me no, I got a yes. No matter what my circumstances look like, I'm still going to give God glory. Sacrifice, that, sacrifice means that I will, I will will myself beyond my current situation. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. God has been good to me. For me to keep this to myself. It's rooted in my testimony. I close with this. When you've been through some things. And you've seen God move. When you've had your own set of experiences. It's too hard to be quiet. You know better than to come in here. Or sit at home right now. Like you to baptize bourgeoisie. You know better than to act like you pull yourself up with your own bootstraps. Just because you got a Benz or a Lexus or a new home. You need to go back down memory lane. When you were broke and your behind was standing at the bus stop. 
when you all you had to eat was government cheese and peanut butter and spam. And you sit around acting funny and knowing it was God who brought you out and hooked you up. And you sitting there acting like you've never been through nothing. But when you, excuse me, but when you recognize where God has brought you from, you just can't keep it to yourself. Because if you've been a recipient of any kind of goodness this year, then some, there ought to be some evidence in your life. My mother would say, if I can't say a word, I can at least, I can wave my hand. So I just came to say, if God healed you, if God delivered you, if God brought you out, if God paid your bills, if God turned your life around, then you ought to open up your mouth wherever you are and begin to shift the atmosphere. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul, my soul cries hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. Go on and shift the atmosphere right now. Somebody, wherever you are, you ought to shift it. I come to declare everybody that the devil will not have your joy. The devil will not have your destiny. I want you to lift your hands and give God glory. I want you to open up your mouth and let the devil know you should have killed me when you had a chance. But today, since I hear I'm going to open up my mouth and praise him like I've lost my mind. When parents see their children acting up, they tell them, you know better. That's what God did today. He got you here today to tell you, seriously, you know better. I've been too good to you. God is still a healer. He's still a deliverer. He's still a way maker. You know better, and when you know better, you got to act better. Somebody, anybody, everybody that's grateful for God bringing you this far through 2020, just ought to stand on your feet and wherever you are and give him some praise. Did he wake you up this morning? Did he put clothes on your back? Did he put shoes on your feet? Hasn't he taken care of you? Brought you through COVID? Brought you through danger, seen and undead? Then lift your hands and praise him today. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you. Thank you. Have he been good to you? Tell him, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. There might be somebody out there today that doesn't know this Lord that I'm talking about. But he's a mighty good friend to have. We just want to give you this opportunity to give your life to him. He's been good. You're still here today. He's been good. And you just need to tell him, thank you, Lord.
Christmas in June or July, okay? All right. But I, I encourage you, because I love you so, to stay safe in this season. But get them parties. You can party later on in heaven, okay? But not right now. God bless you. Have a good evening. Have a good day. We'll see you Thursday night. Thank you for tuning in to Second Chance Church, The Praise Factory.